As parents, we really want our kids to have self-confidence. And a lot of times we forget that part of that is self. It's not something that a parent can give to their child by telling them over and over how awesome or special or important or talented they are. It's something that our kids have to feel for themselves. And I think by teaching them to speak for themselves, they're able to gain confidence at really young ages. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama and 30. I'm Bailey. And I'm Carrie. And the Messy Mom Podcast is all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health and wellness, infertility, mom guilt, and of course, the craziness that comes with raising a family. So if you would like to live on this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review as this helps other mamas learn to embrace the messy with us. So get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. Right now, it's just Carrie and myself. Hey, hey. But we have an amazing guest that you're going to hear in a second. We talked about a topic I think is really important, and that is how to teach your kids how to stand up for themselves. And like I was talking to you guys in the podcast, I think that's challenging for even a lot of adults. So I think it's important, you know, teaching kids this at a young age so that they can learn to be more confident, more connected, all the things. And it's perfect timing, as we were talking about, just because it's back to school time. And, you know, as parents, we do think a lot about that when our parents, when our kids are away from us and completely out of our sight and control. It's like, how are they? You know, are they standing up for themselves? Are they being decent human beings? Mm-hmm. How do I teach them that? So she just had a lot of great tips on how to practice those skills at home. I took mm-hmm. so much from this podcast. So did I. Like I said, I think this would even be great for adults it would. to listen to. It, it really would. But we had Brooke Romney on. She did an amazing job. She's a, such a good speaker, has an awesome energy. And really her goal is to help parents alleviate stress by offering tips and tricks to make every family feel more confident, more connected. And she is getting ready to release, I believe she said in sometime in September. So probably by the time early, yeah, early September. So here in about less than a month, a book called 52 Modern Manners for Kids. And she showed it to us before we started the podcast. And it's the neatest little book. It's a flip book. And basically it just has different manners and different ways that we can teach our kids how to be kind and how to be good overall humans. And they're so quick. It's not, you know, that's the one thing she said. I think that's what she, why she wrote this book is, you know, you don't have to go through 12 chapters, like summarizing to figure out how to teach the manner. It's so simple and takes Mm -hmm. two seconds and gives practical advice for young kids too. So she has a book for older kids, but even the one we were talking through is for young kids. So I have a six and eight-year-old and you better believe we're going to be start doing some of these tips because it's great. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah, just overall developing good social skills. I mean, it's this is a neat little book and I think everyone everyone should get it because it sounds sounds really cool and very helpful. She is also a mom to four boys. So she's been through <laughs> a lot of uh, parenting 
you know, <laughs> just things, especially with four boys. <laughs> Teaching lots of manners. Teaching lots of manners, yes, to <laughs> many young men. So that's really cool. But she was really great. And this is actually the first podcast of our series that is going to be all about parenting. So for the next few podcasts, we're going to have a guest that talks about some type of parenting tip or trick or certain area you know that they might have a niche in or interest in that is going to benefit you or a friend in some way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, Brooke. Thanks for joining us on the Messy Mom Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We are pumped for what we are talking about today. But before we dive in, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You can talk about whatever you want, schooling, family, hobbies, interests, whatever you'd like. Okay. I am a mom to four boys and they range in ages from 11 to 20. And I'm a writer and someone who's created a community for parents online to be able to get inspiration and support and to feel a little bit less alone. I've written, my fourth book is coming out. And I just have a real passion for helping moms feel like they are not in it all by themselves. Well, after having four boys, I'm sure (laughs) you know all the tips and tricks. Well, I know some of them, but (laughs) definitely a lot of trial and error at our house. I don't know. We didn't. T- so Bailey and I are sister-in-laws and are, mm-hmm. so we married brothers and they are, they have their four boys. Mm-hmm. So awesome. yeah, I know. Yeah. My yeah. husband's the youngest and then Carrie's husband is in the middle. Smack I know. in the middle. Well, <laughs> then I have a lot in common with their mom. So yes, you guys could probably sit and talk for hours. Oh, you probably man. have a yes. lot to relate to. <laughs> it's fun to see that dynamic though. Yeah. Especially like a mother, like a mom with four boys. I love seeing that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of energy, a lot of movement. You know, I remember when I had my boys and I would look at some people with girls and they would say, Hey, let's, let's go color. And I'm like, no one's going to sit in color. Like that's not a thing. (laughs) And they would. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. I know it's not always gender specific, but mine definitely were not interested in that. So I was in awe of people and children who were happy to sit down and do something. That was awesome. (laughs) It's funny you say that because so I have a, my oldest is a girl and then my youngest is a boy and like my daughter's very like an artsy and she likes to paint. And anytime I'm like, Carter, like, why don't you go color your sister? I don't want to color. Why are we, (laughs) are we going to color? Like, let's go climb the wall while we color it. It's so true. It's so true. I love it. funny how that works. I know. Well, we're super pumped. As we talked about in the intro, when you reached out, one of the topics that really stood out for me is teaching kids how to speak up for themselves. So, you know, we are like back to school motion, everyone's in it. And I feel like this is just something uh, it's for me, it's one of the most important things I want to teach my kids. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking about how to teach at all ages. So, you know, what advice do you have or where can we kind of start to teach kids the skill or the technique on how to speak up for themselves? So one of the things that I wanted to start with is a little bit of a mindset. As parents, we really want our kids to have self-confidence. And a lot of times we forget that part of that is self. It's not something that a parent can give to their child by telling them over and over how awesome or special or important or talented they are. It's something that our kids have to feel for themselves. 
And I think by teaching them to speak for themselves, they're able to gain confidence at really young ages. And this can be hard. I'm a talker. I'm verbal. I want to jump in all the time and answer all the questions. But I think we can start this really early on and very simply by when someone is asking a question either to them or about them, we give our kids the opportunity to answer for themselves. So when we're at back to school night and the teacher says, what do you like to do? Especially if your kid is shy or a little hesitant, it's so easy for us to say, oh, you know, they love soccer and they love painting. But really giving our kids that opportunity to answer for themselves, whether it's at school or with a doctor or with a grandparent. And sometimes that means being willing to wait and just be encouraging and saying, you know what you love, you know, go ahead and, and, and tell them what you love. I really love teaching kids from a very early age to introduce themselves. It's really easy to go into a new situation and feel very alone. But if you start with the skill of introducing yourself, you will have very few lonely moments. And the kids who start early, like by five years old, they're walking into kindergarten and they're saying, hey, I'm Brooke. I haven't met you yet. What's your name? It just becomes a habit. And those kids develop a lot of confidence in being able to speak for themselves. I love that. I do too. And that's something I don't think I ever would have thought about, honestly. Is like, oh yeah, teach, make sure that they, you know, are introducing themselves and kind of talking about that at a younger age. And I mean, my, you know, boy is only two, so I yeah. have a little bit of ways to go. But even just thinking about that now at his age, I think that could make a big difference. I also love that. I feel like there's a lot of books out there that are like positivity, like you are smart, you are, and like that is great. Like I'm all about like you want to read something positive, but I love how you are like. That you, you like, and you know, we're all, we're grown women here. We all know that if you don't find it first, it doesn't matter how many times someone says you're this, you're that. If you haven't figured it out for yourself, it's never going to stick. Yeah. And I think that is especially true as our kids grow up and grow older. You know, you might believe your mom when you're five, but then, you know, all of a sudden you're eight or you're 10 and, and you're like, well, they say I'm great, but nobody wants to play with me, you know, or nobody wants to include me. And so really helping our kids be able to, advocate for themselves, introduce themselves, find a new friend. You know, another thing that I really love to encourage parents is that when you're praising your kids, you're praising them for who they are on the inside, not for what they're doing on the outside. And so, for instance, if you have a child who draws you a picture instead of saying, "Oh, you're, you know, you draw the best pictures," instead you say, "Wow, you're very creative." You know, and and creativity is something that they take in. And it doesn't matter if their picture is horrible or not as good as their friend's picture in art class, they're creative. You know, thinking of that, I think we can help our kids gain confidence in who they actually are on the inside. And that creates kids who are more confident on the outside and able to speak for themselves because they like themselves, they understand their values, they understand who they are. Mm -hmm. I love that. Along those same lines, what tips do you have for teaching kids how to stand up for other people? especially when, you know, maybe other kids might be mean. And also, how do you recommend us telling them that that's super important? Like, how do you, how would you go about that? Yeah, this one can be a little bit tricky because every situation is a little bit different. But there's a phrase that I really love, and it's called being an upstander. So instead of being a bystander, where you're just watching things happen, you are an upstander. And this means that you're someone who is willing to stand up for the person who is 
people are being unkind to or hurting. And I think it's also important that we let our kids know that if you don't feel safe or comfortable doing that, going to get an adult is a really great option. That's still Mm -hmm. being very helpful. All of our kids are going to be a little different. Some of them are going to be willing to jump into the fray and stand up for someone and others are going to be a little hesitant. But helping our kids know that they still can have power. They can have power to improve a situation. So whether that's saying, hey, knock it off, you know, or that's not nice, or whether it's running to go get the teacher or the ground duty or someone that can help a situation. I love giving my kids phrases that can help them, especially in times where people are gossiping. So this -hmm. happens a lot. It happens Mm -hmm. at young ages. It happens at older ages. But giving your kids a few key phrases that can help them when, so you say, if you're, and, and practicing this, I'm, I'm a huge fan of role playing a situation. So if all of your friends are together and they're talking unkindly about a girl who is one of your friends, here are a few things you can say. And, you know, one of them is, oh, really? I like her. And usually that can stop the conversation. But a lot of times our kids know what's right, but they don't know how to verbalize what's right. And so I love having little dialogues that they can have in their brains that make it easy for them. So if someone says, I don't want her to play with me, you know, maybe she's learned from your family that you say, I don't mind having lots of people play with me, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. So that she kind of has a go-to so she knows what she can say in a tricky or a difficult situation. And then making sure that our kids know that we don't expect them to be adults yet. They don't have to have it right every single time. They can come to us and say, hey, you know, at school today, it didn't feel very nice. You know, John told James that he couldn't play soccer with us. And that didn't feel right to me, but I didn't know what to do. And being able to open that conversation with our kids and saying, do you think you could try this? What about trying this? What about this? Because they know their friends and their situations better than we do. And so sometimes working together is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I love the example. Can you come talk to my third grade cheer squad? <laughs> <laughs> they need a few dialogue options, right? That's, but that's when you said that, because it's, there's so, you know, this is like, it's a bunch, it's eight year old girls. So yeah. we're get, they're getting to that age and it's, they're not like, they're not hateful girls, but you do start hearing the little stuff like that. And it's interesting, like what you just said, I'm like, I'm going to start given some, because that's what we usually have a sit down at the beginning. Like, okay, <laughs> let's yeah. talk through a few situations we, I heard at the game the other day. So it is, yeah. but like, I feel like giving them, cause a lot of them, I do think that feel it's that way. Like there's some very dominant ones that I'm sure would be no problem saying whatever they want to say, but then you have other ones who you can tell they want to say something and they want to, but they're the, they are the quiet shy. So they don't know what to say, but I think they would do it if they had, like you said, something like scripted, like just something to to like knock the conversation off. Like they know they don't want to hear it, but they don't really know what to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's so helpful at every age for them to have a few go-to phrases that work in any of those tricky situations. Mm -hmm. I like that. When do you start? Is this like a situational thing? So like, obviously, like I said, my son's really young. He's not (laughs) This isn't in his wheelhouse at all. So I don't know at what age do you think that starts to happen or when should you start having these conversations or does it is it just situational? Yeah, I think every kid is just a little different because everyone grows and matures differently. Mm-hmm. Some kids are very oblivious and they're very welcoming from the very beginning and that's just part of their personality. This isn't something they really even have to worry about. Others feel rather exclusive fairly early and they only want one friend or they 
want to be the best or the one that everyone wants to have as their friend. And so I do think it's really situational, but I think as parents, as long as we're paying close attention and clued in and not in a hovering way, not in a let me micromanage every single relationship, because I actually feel like it's very important for our kids to have moments away from us where they're figuring things out on their own and saying, oh, wow, that didn't work very well. Or now everyone's mad at me because I told Mia she couldn't come. You know, they need to have those opportunities also. But when we see something, you know, talking about a few gentle options, saying things like, hey, I noticed, I love the phrase I'm noticing. So I use that a lot. So, hey, I'm noticing that you don't want to have John come anymore when you're having a play date or whatever. Is there a reason for that? And maybe there's no reason. He's like, no, I just didn't think of him. Oh, great. Like, then let's include him next time. Or maybe there is a reason he says, oh, yeah. He actually doesn't like to play with any, us anymore. He has five new friends. Okay, cool. Or maybe it's like, well, he said something rude to me and I don't want to be his friend anymore. And then you can kind of dive into that conversation of, you know, boy, everyone makes mistakes. What did he say that was rude? And have you ever said something rude to someone else? Because we all make mistakes. And aren't you glad that Scott still wants to have you come over, even though you were pretty rude last time you were at his house? And maybe we could have John come over next time too. So really kind of seeing what's going on and making it less about a lecture and more about, let's talk about this. Let's figure Mm -hmm. this out. Like we're here to solve problems with each other and making sure they feel included in that. I love that. That is a good one. I feel like the, another thing that's come up a lot for like my age is like bragging versus sharing. I say that a lot. I'm like, are we bragging or are we sharing? Yes. Can we talk about this? Cause it is, you have all these girls who get together and they want to talk about they were over at this house for a sleepover. So and so is coming over, and it's like, are you just sharing that because you're excited, or are we bragging because someone's not invited? Like it is. I really love that. I love that you brought that up. It's actually one of the manners that I have in my new book because I think young kids, especially, do get excited, and it's mm. really helpful for them to just self reflect about why they're sharing it. We don't want someone to feel like they can't share happy, good, or exciting things in their life, but we also have to remind them of the why they're doing it. If they're doing it to one-up somebody, to sound better, if they're doing it to put someone else down, if they're doing it so that somebody might feel excluded or not as good. And then I also really love to remind kids at that age, we also have to make sure we're creating spaces for other people to share their happy things too. So if if you're someone who's constantly dominating by how awesome your life is, make sure that you're taking a backseat and also praising others, giving them the chance to share how great theirs is. And, you know, it's, it's a very tricky thing, but making sure you're not putting other people down in order to feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that is good. Are you currently pregnant, postpartum or beyond? Lucky for you, Fit Mom on 30 has an exercise and nutrition program for every stage of motherhood. And the best part, the workouts are 30 minutes or less. We know there are about a million online fitness options at your fingertips, but our science-backed and doctor-approved fitness and nutrition programs are designed to support you wherever you're at. From safe and effective pre- and postnatal workouts to our 30-minute strength and cardio conditioning classes, there's truly something for everyone. Did we also mention that we have seasonal recipe guides to nourish not only you, but your entire family? Because let's face it, ain't no one going to be making multiple meals in my house. We know finding the time to exercise and eat well can be challenging once you become a mom. And that's exactly why we started Fit Mom in 30. 
We want you to find your groove again with fitness and nutrition, which is why you can try any of our Fit Mom on 30 programs completely free for seven days. And if you decide you want to stick with us after the seven days, you can get $10 off your membership. All you have to do is enter the code podcast at checkout. One thing similar, but different that's been coming up a lot for me. And especially as my kids get a little bit older is trying to teach them the balance between being respectful to teachers or parents or whatever, who say something, you know, and but not, but also not being afraid to question like that, mm-hmm. especially if it affects our family values or more so what we do here. I don't know. How do you, how do you tackle that? Like teaching kids, like obviously like be respectful. Teachers are your you know, authority, but they, you also can question it. Teach yeah. them how to, how to question authority in a respectful way. And just mm-hmm. also stand up. There's just like things we do in here. Like we don't say God's name in vain, but a lot of their, you know, other people just toss it around and it like, and that's teaching my kids, like, you don't have to correct everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you can, we can stand firm in our morals and we don't have to go like, well, you don't say that. That's a, like, it's just, it's just like little yes. things like that. It's like how to stand, like, that's just what we do versus like, how do you, how do you start like teaching them? You can stand proud for your morals and ask questions, even if it's someone saying, you know, like the authoritative, the authoritative figure saying, no, this is what we do. Yeah. I think that that is such a good question and it can be really hard, especially with young kids because their life is very black and white and which is why we teach a lot of things to them in, in black and white. But as they get a little older, I think those are things that we can talk about. So for instance, if you're, I love reminding my kids that they can advocate for themselves at school, which means doing it respectfully. And in, in my books, I always say that there's a why, which is a what's in it for me. Right. And it's because people will listen to you better when you're not attacking them. And so if you didn't, if you got your test back and you thought there was a question that you should have gotten right, absolutely advocate for yourself, take it up to the teacher. And instead of saying, you marked this wrong and it's right, you can say, Hey, could you help me understand why this is wrong? It looked right to me. And, and as you give them a couple of those options, you can say, which one makes you want to help someone? Which one makes you want to feel like you're on that person's team, right? Or even, you know, you're talking about a coach, you know, if you're coaching cheer and you say, no, that's not how we're supposed to do it, you know, or you raise your hand respectfully and you say, I thought you wanted us to put our our arms up on the count of four, not on the count of five. Which one opens the door for connection? Which one makes you like that person more? Which one makes you want to listen better? You know, and so your kids are old enough, kind of giving a few of those examples of, okay, if this happens at school, or let's say, you know, your teacher says, you know, I want you to read this book. And you know, you don't like that type of a story, you know, that you're not going to enjoy that book. And so instead of saying, I hate books like that, I want to read something different, you know, showing that respectfully, you could say, go up when when there's a little time to be private. So you're not nobody likes to be called out in front of people and saying, Hey, is there another book option? I've tried reading fantasy and I don't love fantasy. Is there another book option for me? And I think what our kids can start understanding is most adults really want to engage with and help kids when it's done respectfully. Mm-hmm. And most kids get very defensive or most adults get very defensive and often frustrated when it's not done respectfully. So if they want a better chance at getting their way more often, then they can approach adults respectfully. 
And I think that they'll find that they really end up, things end up going their way often when they're willing to do that. The other example you gave, which I loved, which is taking the Lord's name in vain or God's name in vain, I think helping our kids understand one of the things I love to remind them is the only people that we can control is ourselves. And we really need to only worry about ourselves. And so as we work on saying, you know, I want to make sure that that's not something I do. That's not my family's values, right? Those aren't my values. So I'm going to really work on that. And when someone else does that, I can wish they wouldn't, or I can hope they won't, but I can't really control that person. There's a few times when we're going to have to change that, right? If somebody's hurting someone, you know, ruining property, things that are very serious, but otherwise we need to be okay with the fact that, you know, we have different values than someone else has, and we can both be respectful of each other. And sometimes when I'm talking to my teen, my kids about something like that, I'll say, aren't we always grateful when people are respectful? of our values mm-hmm. and when they don't t- try to change our values and when they're respectful of the fact that this is the way we do things. And we need to in turn give respect to other people in order to do things the way they think is important. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I think this is good for adults too. A good reminder for yes, adults, not only kids. I was like, everyone needs to listen to this. <laughs> I'm like, this is back good. to the basics. Yeah. <laughs> this is like how to win friends and influence people for the younger generation. I like it. Uh-huh. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's a, you know, um, you can attract more bees with, what, what does it say? Anyway, honey, you do honey instead of vinegar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need someone with a Southern, you know, I know. Um, Southern like, we're not there. We're not there. <laughs> yeah. No. Awesome. Well, you mentioned your book, which we want to talk about, 52 Modern Manners. So please kind of just tell us what it's about, anything you want to talk about. Well, I love this conversation and kind of where it ended up going because really it's about teaching our kids how to be self-aware, how to be kind, how to be respectful, but also how to be strong and how to be influential in the world that they're in in a way that like works for everyone. And so it's called 52 Modern Manners for Kids. I wrote it. It's a prequel to my 52 Modern Manners for Teens. I have two volumes of those. And what we were finding is that parents wanted to start a lot earlier than those teenage years to give them some of those social norms, those common sense, te- common sense tips. What we found with kids in general is that we live in a different world where before we were all observing our parents interacting on a regular basis. And now kids, whether it's, you know, they're either, you know, at daycare or they have headphones in or they're watching an iPad or whatever it is, they're having less opportunity to observe the world. And because we aren't interacting like our parents used to. And so all of a sudden they get to these kind of crossroads and they're not quite sure what they're supposed to do. And so I wanted to write a book that would help parents kind of get ahead of the curve and teach their kids some of these really important manners in a way that was connective instead of disruptive. So instead of a parent that's constantly correcting their child for not doing things right, I wanted to be able to talk about some of these situations they might run into so that our kids have some options already. So one of the manners is don't say hurtful things. And it talks about, you know, when you see someone, I think, okay, it says, keep unkind thoughts to yourself. And so how our brains think uh, thousands of thoughts every day, and some of them are kind, some of them are neutral, and some of them are hurtful. And so it says, what, what do we do when we come 
up with a thought and we're not quite sure which box it fits in. So we go through some scenarios like you see a mom at the grocery store who has a really big belly. You know, what do you do? And, you know, the correct thing is, you know, you you don't say anything or you smile at her or you're kind. Allows parents to kind of get ahead of the curve instead of being in the grocery store where <laughs> the child says, mom, that mom has such a huge belly, you know, things like that. <laughs> Oh, I man. really want to make sure that like our kids don't feel embarrassed or shameful about the way they think or the way they do things because they don't know how to do it yet. So, you know, another one is be polite with food. And it talks about what you do when someone puts something on your plate that you don't enjoy. Or when your friend's mom asks if you'd like a peanut butter sandwich, but you don't like peanut butter. You know, what are those things? How can we, how can we be more aware? How can we be more kind? There's other ones about how to leave a play date kindly so that people actually want you to come back and your mom is okay with you coming back (laughs) instead of parents thinking, okay, I'm glad that kid is gone. He just terrorized my whole house. You know, the toy room is a disaster and he just screamed on the way out. Really helping our kids be able to live their most successful lives because they understand social norms. They understand what is expected and then they feel equipped and capable to be the type of person that gets it. So it's kind of like cheat codes for these kids because they know how they're supposed to act in in each different situation. And it's been really fun seeing how they work and seeing how kids respond and how excited they are about knowing what to do. I love that. I'm beyond pumped for this book, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, this is, I mean, this is great for especially your kid's age and honestly, really any younger age, right? Like, it is. I mean, because I mean, I think even a couple years ago, I could have used some of the things you're talking about because mm-hmm. it's really good. I mean, because you know, and it's they're quick. Like I, I, UK, you guys, most of you are listening to this podcast. I can't see, but we were look. Brooke was showing us the book, and it's like I mean, it's so interactive. It's like flip, and then there's examples and there's situations to talk through. Versus that's the way kids learn. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yes. just like even when I'm like doing like these reading little lessons with my kids, like I'll like ask again in the car. And it's crazy how much better they get it when I've asked them out of the situation when we're not looking at the book and we're on the way to somewhere and they can just rattle it off. So like having these flip charts of like, here's what we do. And then you can go, you know, you leave the house and you're still on that like manner for the day. That's like such a good, I'm excited. Yeah. It's really fun. And you know, attention spans are short and families don't have a ton of time. So I really wanted to create something where parents felt like they were doing the teaching they needed to do but that they didn't have to, you know, read six volumes to figure out what, what that teaching looked like. It's, mm-hmm. it's here. You, you actually have to do no preparation. You've just flipped to the manor, you read it, you go through some role plays and, and you're done. And the great thing is, is that I think it gives parents a lot of confidence that they're teaching some of the things that are really important. And I love being able to take a little weight off parents' shoulders too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, and they're not getting it in this manner and even in school, cause you know, teachers don't have the time to do what even what you did right there. So even if it, you have this great teacher, this great, you know, person who's saying these things and teaching them, you know, be kind, be this, but it's like you're not being that specific. These are great yeah. and, quick, and quick examples that you can cuz I do. I think even like we were talking about my cheerleading squad. They're great girls, but they don't know what to say. If you can give them just like one little thing, I think it changes everything for them. I agree. And and increases their confidence too because they're they're going through the world in a way that other people really enjoy having them there where other people, there's a positive feedback loop that happens 
when you're someone who's polite, when you're someone who's aware, when you're someone who cares about others. And then all of a sudden, you're the kid that everyone wants to have at their house. You're the kid that the teachers are praising. You're the one that the coach is saying, you know, this girl was such a great example. Let's look at her. And that's a positive feedback loop that encourages them to continue to be that kind of person. And I really, you know, we watch it with young kids, but we've been watching it with teenagers and it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Brooke, when is this book available? So it should be available by the beginning of September oh, on yes. Amazon. And I'm super excited. I just got, you know, a couple pre-order copies and it's really, it's really fantastic. I'm excited to get it out right. to the world. Yeah, oh it's always gosh, nice to it. see your book. I'm sure like after all the hard work you've mm-hmm. put into it, like right in front of you where you can touch it and see it, it's got to feel, feel good. Yeah. And we've been doing it with my 11 year old for the past 10 days. And I wasn't sure if he was too old for like all of the role plays and scenarios, but he's actually been loving it. And he always gives us the wrong answer, which is totally <laughs> fine. He just does it to be funny. Yeah. But <laughs> what you realize is they're like, he's taking it in. Like he's giving us the wrong answer because he actually knows the right answer. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to even see that all the way up to 11 and 12, this is something that's resonating with him. Mm-hmm. That's such, but that's like, you're explaining my six-year-old now. He loves to do that. I'll ask him a question and he'll purposely say it. I'm like, I know you know the answer. Yeah. Very clear. Yeah. This is great. You, you wouldn't have mixed it up if you didn't know. No. So, yeah. Well, Brooke, okay, before we wrap it up, we have one question we ask all of our guests, and that is what is a messy mom? We call them moments, if you can think of one for yes. any of your four boys. <laughs> and if you can't think of one off the top of your head, you know, just give us some advice for, how moms can just embrace the messy of raising kids. And I'm sure you might know a thing about that. (laughs) Well, I will give you a messy moment. And so I, this was with a teenager. So hopefully it still resonates because I think this is something that works no matter how old you are. But I sometimes love to be passive aggressive in the way that I talk to my kids. So I was talking to my 16 year old and I was saying, so have you, gone to the gym? Have you used your gym pass? And I just kept like going on about like, so, you know, what, what's your plan today? Are you going to work the gym in? Cause you know, it's summer and there's some laziness going on. And he <laughs> looked at me and he's like, mom, just ask what you want to ask. This is actually so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. and I was like, you know what? Being passive aggressive actually doesn't work for any age and I can do better. I could easily have just said to him, So I really think you need to get to the gym. I'm tired of you sleeping so late. I'm going to start waking you up at 930 so that you can make it to the gym before you head to work. And he's like, that would have been so much better. So just reminding myself that being passive aggressive, it doesn't work with me. It doesn't work for teens and it doesn't really work for little kids. So helping myself be more direct and still kind, you know, taking some of my tips for modern matters. I was just going to say, I feel like it's your book tips. I know. Sometimes it's hard Hey, we're not perfect. No one's perfect. No, no. We, we all have our days. In fact, I um, somebody said, oh, is your family so well-behaved? And I was like, uh, I actually wrote this for us. And every time I flip to a new matter, I'm reminded for me that I still have a lot of work to do. So, Oh, I love it. Brooke, this was amazing. So fun to talk to you too. I mean, this was great. I really appreciate you sp- taking your time to come on here because mm-hmm. I, I personally learned a lot. So I did too. I was, this is great for even adults. <laughs> it really is. And I just think it's going to be so beneficial, one, for our listeners because they're all moms of, that's what we were talking about, you know, younger kids. And yeah. we're all in back to school phase. And I think these are thoughts that go through all of our minds are like, 
you know, if you're, if your kids are in school full time and you're at home, it's like, what can I do? Like what impact can I make? And I think this is just half the tips you just gave or like your book is going to be such a good way of like, you know, you always say like, you know, did I, am I doing enough? Like, do I need to do extra? Like, I think this is such a good way where like, these are really, really important skills. So if we can all spend a few minutes, you know, it doesn't take long. No. And it allows you to feel really deliberate without all of the work. You know, you I, and that's important. Be really deliberate without taking a million hours and doing all the research. It's just here. And then at least for me, like with my teens, there's two volumes and there's 104 things I really wanted them to know before they left the house. And going through those two books made me feel like, okay, like, I don't know that you got everything, but I did my best to teach you what I felt was most important. So. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's great. And we are so excited for your book. We'll be sure uh, to share when when it comes out with our listeners. We'll be tagging you on Instagram because I do. I think this was such a beneficial conversation and I'm loving this book. I just, I really do. I think the quick tips are going to be life-changing. Okay. And we will get them to you both as soon as we have some. Oh, I'm in. I can't wait. Me too. I'm excited. Thanks, you guys. This was a great conversation. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for coming on. Thanks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us on Instagram at fitmomin30. That's F-I-T-M-A-M-A-I-N-3-0. And let us know what you liked about this episode. We love hearing your feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show on our website, www.fitmomain30.com, along with our programs for prenatal, postnatal, and beyond. Until next time, bye mamas. Bye.